0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and BetOnline is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info. With up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns, Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts.
0: Go Hello. Rangers.
1: Go Rangers.
0: That's right. You Texas Showdown. I'm I'm yeah, Texas Rangers. That's my that's my squad right there. No. I
1: think we are all Rangers fans because no one likes the Astros. But this is the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined as always by well not as always. Welcome back, Eve. And joined as always by Justin Southwell. Justin loyal and true to the show. Eve, glad to have you back.
2: Boom, roasted.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm glad to be back. You know, and even though I was gone, uh, I, I watched the episode. I miss y'all as always. And, man, it feels good to just, uh, you know, come in on a win streak. You know, yeah. second win streak of the year. You know, two wins in a row. Hopefully we can extend that thing to three. But, yeah, feels good to be back with the folks.
1: Not only are we on a win streak, guys, we scored 30 points for the first time since homecoming 2022. Huge
0: day. <laughs> Knocking on 40 points there for a second. I was like, "What? Oh, what? wait a minute. Is, is this going to happen? Yeah, it was great. It was great to see that uh, <laughs> we can relive some of those 30-point days when we had it in the past.
2: Knocking on 40 points for a second, but we were knocking on 30 for a while. Like, even during the Kansas game, it was kind of like, guys,
0: yeah. is this gonna happen.
2: And, like, 30 isn't some magical number by any means, but it is indicative of OSU playing up to or closer to its standard. And it's a standard that's been set over Mike Mike Gundy's time as head coach. And since last October, the record had been 4-7 and with OSU averaging 18 points per game. They still won four games without scoring 30, but the averages for those games that we did win was actually 26. So a lot closer to 30 than that 18 overall. So it's good to get back up there.
0: During the game, I I tweeted out, you know, the meme from The Wire where it says, I want you to put the word out there that we back up. Does it feel like we back? I mean, what what do y'all think? Just based on that performance, does it feel, at least our offense, right, does it feel like we
2: back? I mean, this is about as close to back as what I thought we would be in the offseason, right? Like, this is kind of what I was expecting more along the lines of what we've seen the past two games. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, some of these are going to be, like, Kind of close, tough, uh really close games. And more often than not, it seems like we would come out on top. And that's what we've been seeing. So yeah, I think uh we'll see after this weekend, maybe after the West Virginia game, if we can truly say we back, but yeah, we're getting really close to be able to to say it with full confidence.
1: And Eve, I think jury's still out on if we are back or not. Definitely trending in the right direction. However, I think it's been settled that Ollie Gordon is him. It was oh his night in Boom Pickens Stadium. 168 rushing yards, 116 receiving yards for 284 all-purpose yards, giving Kansas a taste <laughs> of their own medicine. We talked about Devin Neal last week. And his performance last season against Oklahoma State. Well, how's it feel, Kansas, to have someone run all over you and and catch all those balls? Yeah, two total touchdowns for Ollie. He had a hundred yards of total offense before we hit the halfway mark of the first quarter. That's in, he had that big fifty-yard run to start the game, but still to have over a hundred yards.
2: Yeah, set the what? tone.
1: Like
0: set the tone. I thought he'd he set the tone with his play, of course, but my goodness, this dude set the tone emotionally. It wasn't just a matter of him, you know, putting out and pumping out these yards all the time, but I don't know if y'all noticed during the game, every single time that he was getting these yard runs, every single time that he was getting the first down in short yardage situations, he was getting up and he was getting in the faces of these Jayhawks and he's talking straight trash to him. He's walking back to the sideline, talking trash to him. And that's the type of energy that I thought everybody else was feeding off of. So it wasn't just a matter of his play man but I love the attitude that he had coming out there and I think that that is what you need a lot of fire in everybody else so um, I think that that was a huge part for why the offense was as good as it was
1: I also want to say you know Ollie I don't know how to phrase this I'm thinking out loud here but you see a lot of guys leave in the transfer portal not just from Oklahoma State in general because They didn't get their shot freshman year. They didn't get to play immediately. And Ollie is a product of waiting your turn. Yeah. Right. Not even riding the bench. You played every game last year, but waiting your turn, working hard to earn that starting spot. And Ollie is going off. And I just think it says, you know, you don't always have to leave to get your shot. You might have to wait a year or two, but Ollie waited. And he's here and it's Ollie time in Stillwater. And I absolutely love it.
2: Yeah. You got to trust that process. So we re- we saw some of the notes. Uh, Ollie became the first cowboy since 1989 to have at least 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving in the same game. But I, w- I had some trouble kind of finding who the last running back was, not just Cowboys, but just in general. And, Google's kind of tough. Like I actually had to dig dig a little bit on this. So I got a game for you guys. I'm going to list off a few of these running backs that we kind of think of as great pass catching running backs to see how many games that these guys have had 100-yard rushing and 100 yards receiving.
0: Let's do it. So,
2: Meg, as we mentioned, Devin Neal, Kansas. Last year he had the one game It was against Oklahoma State, unfortunately. But, hey, the revenge tour continues. All right, so we got Blake Corum, Michigan running back, currently right now one of the best running backs in the nation. How many has he had?
0: If I had to guess and say, I would say
2: zero.
1: I want to say zero. I feel like I want to say zero for everybody, but I'll say zero for Blake.
2: Zero for Blake. Bijan Robinson, Texas. I
1: don't
0: know if he's had any either. Yeah, I'm going to go one for Bijan.
2: Bijan has had zero. Zero, nice. Saquon Barkley, Penn State.
0: I'm going zero.
1: I want to say, yeah.
0: No. I think he's had over like 200 all-purpose yards whenever he, back when he was doing the returning
2: too. But I'm gonna go zero.
1: I'll do two.
2: Saquon Barkley has had zero.
1: I think this is a theme now. I just think everyone's gonna have zero. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're well, here. We uh, Alvin Kamara, Tennessee. Zero.
0: Yeah, zero for him.
2: He had one in twenty sixteen.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: All right. Dalvin Cook, FSU.
0: I'ma go, I'ma go
1: one.
0: I'ma say two for
2: Dalvin. Dalvin's had one in 2016. Okay. Uh it, it pains me to say this name, but Joe Mixon, OU. One. Zero. He had one. It was that big shootout against Texas Tech back in 2016. It had to be one. That's
0: the only reason why you you would have even brought up his name. You wouldn't have brought it up before zero.
2: I don't want to. uh, But if you want to bring up another OU running back real quick, Adrian Peterson? Zero. One of the greatest ever. Zero. All right. Christian McCaffrey, Stanford.
0: You know how I feel about Christian McCaffrey. I thought that he should have won the Heisman that year. Yeah. Um, I know for, yeah, you know what, we're going to go one.
2: Okay. Zero. Christian McCaffrey has accomplished this feat three times. I knew it
0: was going to be more than one. I knew
2: it. Three times in 2015. Right. So no, there, there's your bar, Ollie. Not
1: just three times, three times in one season.
2: In one season. He's
1: so, yeah. good. He's uh, so
2: good. All right. A couple more reg- legendary ones, real quick. So Reggie Bush, USC.
0: Two. I don't think he's done it. Zero.
2: Zero. And then uh, we've got some Oklahoma State guys. Uh, Chuba Hubbard got close in 2019 versus West Virginia. He had 106 yards rushing and 88 yards receiving. Joseph Randall, even closer in 2011, our big year versus Arizona, 121 yards rushing, 99 yards receiving.
0: I remember that one.
2: And then the GOAT, Barry Sanders. He did that zero times. And in fact, in his historic 1988 Heisman season, he had just 106 receiving yards total.
0: Dang. Yeah. So thing.
2: Ollie is uh, he's up there with some, some Rare legends. Mind. Rare air.
1: So what I'm hearing is Ollie for Heisman.
2: Yeah. So get the campaign going.
1: Uh, we'll say that Ali he did earn Big 12 Co Offensive Player of the Week honors and who's also named the Doak Walker Running Back of the Week. I also did you guys see the picture of him and Terry Miller and Jaden yeah. Nixon from Media Day? Oh, if you guys you've seen it, Eve, yeah, so precious. But Terry Miller and Ali have formed a little friendship, and he they spoke before the game, and he said, "I just had to go out and ball out for." Terry Miller on his Ring of Honor day, and he called uh, Oklahoma State RBU, which I think is pretty accurate.
0: It Felt appropriate that day, a hundred percent. And it was only right that on the day that Terry Miller is being honored, that they would continue to just feed the running back. So I think that Ollie did him proud. Made him proud. Yeah,
2: definitely. Uh, okay, State RBU, especially based on those names that are up there in the Ring of Honor. So Ollie, in his game against Kansas, got 29 carries, six receptions. So he touched the ball 35 times. And it seemed like when he came out of the game for a break, people around me at the game were wondering, wait, where's Ollie? Why isn't Ollie in the game? And I'm thinking, man, he's human. He needs a break, right? But this is actually where I got excited because we are RBU and we have the depth because Jaden Nixon was getting his time to shine. And throughout the game, he had seven carries for 46 yards, which is a 6.6-yard average. So whenever the defense is probably thinking, thank goodness Ollie is out, here comes Jaden Nixon gashing him for as many, if not more, yards per carry. So props to him for being able to step in and continue doing a great job as a running back at Oklahoma State. Straight up
1: couple other exciting things on the offense, people to shout out. Rashad Owens, he had a big game last week or two weeks ago against K-State, also a big game this past week and nine catches for 112 yards. So we got two guys over 100 yards in the air, super exciting stuff. Brandon Presley starting to get back into it, 79 yards for one TD reception and one TD run. So two total touchdowns for BP. We've been saying he needs to be more involved in the offense. He was, and look what happens, guys. Alan Bowman, 28 of 41, 336 yards, and two touchdowns.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yay. Yeah. And that was our first, our first 100-yard receiver of this season so far, right? So I think that it also speaks to what Ollie Gordon said after the game whenever they were asking him about the offensive line play. Um. To, to quote him, he said they improved a lot. I feel like we got a lot more comfortable since we established a quarterback. I know some people might say the three quarterback system was better, but I feel like once we all got comfortable with one QB, we started firing off. Our line knows uh, how he plays. So when stuff goes wrong, they will handle the block, which gives him time to get out, make throws and passes. And I hope we never, ever, ever again go back to the three quarterback system. Like what in the world was that? I thought that Ali made excellent points. The o line gets comfortable with him. I thought that the running backs, you know, they, they get used to that type of consistency. It makes the entire offensive, the entire offense go. Um, I think it leads to better play calling because there's a consistency of what in the guy that you're, you know, asking things from. But also, you get results like this. You get a hundred yard receiver for the first time in the season. So let's ride this thing, right, right. So ride this thing out. Ride this thing out with Alan Bowman. Make sure that we continue to coach him up. And I gotta say. The way that um, we got creative, which we can talk about this here in a bit, the way that we got creative in uh, the protection of Alan Bowman, um, I really, really was a fan of as well.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a good year for growth and learning. I think we maybe had a little bit. This is stuff you should be doing in a spring game, and we didn't have the spring game because of construction at Boone Pickens Stadium. So hopefully next year, whenever they're doing construction on the other side, Um still try to figure out the quarterback before the season starts, because it obviously. Wait, wait,
0: are you blaming the QB situation on the construction? Is that what you're saying?
2: No, I'm just saying, you know, that was their (laughs) excuse for not having a spring game, but I'm saying that the stuff we were doing in the first three games should have been dealt with during that time. All kinds of
0: construction on, on, on the roster and in the field. Did Justin just freeze on us? Oh, there Maybe you go.
1: Just freeze. Did you say something else, Justin? You froze for a second. Nope. Okay. Well, I think my biggest, my biggest thing, really quickly before I make my point, I also have to shout out Alex Hale, named Lou Groza's Award Star of the Week for the second straight week. Alex Hale, clap it up. Comes up huge for us. But my, you know, speaking of Alex Hale, we had to kick several field goals, and. We really need to convert those field goals as touchdowns and do better in the red zone. I specifically remember late in the game, you know, I don't even know. We were it was, we were at the three, at the one. I don't know. We were very close. It was definitely goal to go scenario. And we kept giving the ball to Ollie. Right call. He's having a great game. Give the ball to Ollie. But he couldn't find the end zone. And we were lucky that we had those two turnovers late, like late in the third quarter and then early in the fourth quarter to shift the momentum and slow down Kansas, but we need touchdowns in those scenarios, not field goals. So great on Alex Hale for making those field goals, but I'd rather you be making an extra point after a touchdown.
0: This is yeah. the most precarious red zone offense that I've ever witnessed. I mean, I was watching the game with my brother-in-law, right? And... You know, there, there was one play that broke. That was like a 20 yard play that got us into the red zone. And I remember saying to myself, dang it, no. <laughs> my brother's, he's looking at me. He's like, what do you mean? Like, you're closer to the to the end zone. That's a good thing, right? So, no, 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 you don't understand. The closer that we get to the end zone, the worse our offense becomes. And he goes, no, no, I, I mean, I think that if you get within five yards, you should be all right. Then the very next play that we ran after he said that, right, a couple of plays had gone by. We were within five, and then we lose two yards. And I was like, you see what I mean? He was like, okay, I, I, I get exactly what you're talking about. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a physicality thing, or I don't know if it's just, hey, we because we have less room to work with, or because we have a, a more condensed playbook that we don't know how to get creative there. But it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the worst things about our team right now is not being able to punch that thing in uh, when you're 20 yards or, or, or closer.
2: But I will say, I mean, it, it did happen one time, at least that I'm, I'm remembering off the top of my head because Brennan Presley was able to get in yeah. on a jet sweep. And, yep. of course, getting creative with the play call. But sometimes that's what it takes. and to it. Took- that's uh, that's a difference maker it makes makes the biggest difference in the world and causes us to win a game. Imagine that.
0: Yeah. And I got to add, though, before we move on to anything else, you know, you know me, I love paying attention to the line play. Right. I think as soon as the football is snapped, that's where my eyes always go first is just the offensive line. And there's a guy on on our team. Uh, last name uh, Birmingham, Cole Birmingham. Hey. Yo, this dude played both tackle positions during the game as well as the left guard position during the game. I'm talking like the ultimate versatility. And then I'm pretty sure that they use Jake Springfield as well, who played um, both tackle positions during the game, too. And you know, I think part of that was you know due to injury, of course. But whenever you take people with that type of versatility and you can move them around that way, um, have consistency at the center position and still – um, you know, because of injury, because of the shuffling happening on the offensive line, I saw Coach Dunn brought out different packages in there where he used multiple tight end sets. He was coming in with some wham blocks from the tight ends on on some power runs. Yeah. So it was actually really, really cool to see uh, that type of stuff taking place. Uh, you know, just to get creative and to find other ways uh, to get physical up front. And we used the fullback position more than we ever used in any game this season as well. So that was cool to see.
1: Really quickly, before we move on to our matchup with West Virginia, i got to talk a little bit about the defense. We did allow Jason Bean to throw for 410 yards and five touchdowns. However, we had two interceptions when they mattered most. One went to Ken- Kendall Daniels, his first of the season. And guys, we were texting earlier in the game about where's Kendall Daniels? Like, why is he not making as much as an impact as he did his freshman year? He did at halftime take take accountability for some of the defense's poor, poor play. He said that he had bad eyes. He knew he had to get them back in the second half, and I think he did. I think he did step up, and you did see, and I respect him for going into the locker room saying, hey, this is on me. I'm a leader of this defense. I need to do better, and he did. Plus, plus Dylan Smith, first career interception with 10:48 to go in the fourth, and it was only the second game of his
0: Career. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. Yeah. Shout out to Dylan Smith. And you got to love the accountability taken by Kendall uh, Daniels. But, you know, as I was watching that game, I was like, a a lot is actually being asked of the safeties in this game. Cause even Trey Rucker, I'm pretty sure gave up a a, a pretty big play, you know, at, at the safety position as well. But you can tell like they, the safeties are really being asked to play aggressive run support in that game. And, if a team is good at, you know, play action fakes, especially if they have tight ends or receivers that are pretty good at faking the block, you know, and running vertical, and it's just a, it's a tough demand for the safeties. Right. And I think that was the game plan as it came in, like they were charged with stopping the run for sure. So, you know, that that was exposed a little bit, but I said it, you know, on Twitter, I think that the safeties are probably having the toughest time adjusting to this Nardo defense and um, you know I I don't know how to fix it of course he knows the personnel way better than I do I can imagine some things being done with the linebackers creatively to kind of help the safeties on that but you know if they don't have the ability to do it then they just don't but yeah I think uh, you know you love to see the accountability but you also want to see better play
1: great at one point you said talk about stopping the run Eve Gundy that was his goal for the game to stop the run and he had they held they held the Jayhawks to 90 yards on 30 carries, which is about three, which is three yards per carry, which that's, I mean, you, you executed that very, very well. Now, if we could only find a little bit more balance, stop the run and slow down the throwing game, the passing game, that would be, that would be ideal. Of course, cannot talk about the defense without talking about my hero, Nick Martin. I've I have me. been... High on Nick Martin all seasons. Had a team high nine tackles, a sack, a QB hurry, forced fumble. Guys, I just, yeah. Huge yeah. Nick Martin fan here.
0: Great story, right? The past couple of weeks, right? Coming off of, what was it, 15 tackles last week? 16? 17. 17? 17. <laughs> right. it
1: was 17. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 17 tackles following up with a nine tackle performance. Yo, is it Nick Martin or is it Ray Lewis dressing up as Nick Martin for Halloween? You know, Love what are we doing? So you you love to see that kind of production. And honestly, all the linebackers played pretty well. Like Xavier Benson was out there balling out as well, and I'm pretty sure he was yeah. a player of the game too.
1: And Colin Oliver looking like 2021 Colin Oliver, career high, two and a half sacks, seven total tackles, two pass breakups and a forced fumble. And he almost had an interception late in the game, literally – at his numbers, he had it. And I think he had a sack like right after that or something. They did come up with the stop on that, on that driver. Might've been just turned over on downs, uh yeah. but you know, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, those, those things clicking, but
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Justin.
2: Just saying, I mean, reiterating kind of what he did again last week against Kansas state and then against Kansas, just that clutch gene, man. Like we kind of talked about it with, in twenty eleven, big game, James. And it's turning into that for Colin yeah. Oliver because whenever it's, you know, back against the wall, we have to make something happen right here in the fourth quarter. This guy's showing up and he's been yeah. doing it for a while. And it's good to see him continue to do that and be consistent with that.
0: Bend but don't break. And I think that's what you've seen from different people over the past couple of weeks. Right. Last week you had Cameron Epps out of nowhere. Here he goes, just balling out. We talked about Nick Martin and now here you go, you know, different points in the game. You got Colin Oliver coming out and coming into the season. I remember saying what I would love to see more of is him being able to just rush the passer. And even though Oklahoma State was uh, they had three down linemen for the majority of the game, they played Colin Oliver um, close to the line of scrimmage. Right. And activated him as a pass rusher, especially in the second half of that game. So that was really, really cool to see that. They just said, hey, look, here's who you are. All right, and here's yeah. where you your freshman year boom, pin your ears back, sick them. And it was dope to see him do that. And you love to see the share the wealth celebration whenever he's out there. Hey, that thing is so cold. That's one of my favorite celebrations in all of college football. You get that, sack, Share that wealth, baby.
1: Looking ahead to this Saturday, heading to Morgantown, West Virginia to face those Mountaineers. We lost last year to West Virginia. 24 to 19, and it was an ugly rainy game. We won't talk about that. We're looking ahead. West Virginia is coming off a heartbreaking Hail Mary loss to Houston last week. It'll be homecoming down there. But this is Mike Gundy's 400th game as an OSU player or coach. 400 games. That's crazy. It's a lot of football
2: games. Love the longevity. And uh, one thing that I love is um, that he will even though he doesn't say it, he knows it. Right. I mean, whenever it comes down to it, the revenge tour must continue. All right. We owe West Virginia, just like, uh, or, you know, they beat us last year. Um, so we owe them one, just like we owed one for Kansas and Kansas state. So that's going to continue. And I don't care that it's their homecoming because they came in in 2014 and beat us for our homecoming And the only game that we saw the Bronc rider helmet and everybody loves that logo. Everybody loves that helmet. And all I can think about is how we dropped a game to West Virginia. And now that helmet is forever associated with loss. And we never wore it again, which is sad. That was, you know, maybe superstition. I don't know. Missed opportunity in my opinion, but Hey, we will bounce back from that right now. We got to focus on West Virginia and pay them back for what they did and stole that win from us in Boone Pickens Stadium last year.
0: I associate that helmet with greatness because one, it looked for good, and secondly, I already erased that memory, so that doesn't even exist to me anymore. But no, absolutely, they want to schedule us for homecoming. All right, well, let's make sure that we're the you know the, the ugly girl at the ball that comes in and just ruins everybody's homecoming. Right? exactly <laughs> what are we gonna do? So hey, let's go, let's go and make them pay for that.
2: We're well, the ugly girl that starts to look a lot better when we take our glasses off and play one quarterback. Is that what you're saying?
0: Exactly. Okay.
1: Well, the, the one, the one positive that came out of our game against West Virginia last season was that was sort of Ollie Gordon's breakout performance. He had 136 rushing yards against West Virginia. That was when we got our first real glimpse of what Ollie can do on this team. And hopefully, Hopefully he takes his his momentum from last week and carries that into this week and just runs all over those Mountaineers, guys. You know, and this is, we talk about the rotating quarterback situation the first three weeks. Since Alan Bowman was named a starter, we are averaging 458.3 yards of offense and 6.1 yards per play. We've scored 27. 29 and 39 points in those three games. So we have gone up in points are averaging a lot of offense. This is encouraging.
2: Yeah. And it looks like he's, you know, finally starting to knock some of that rest off at this point early on, after seeing that small sample size, I kind of thought, man, I, I think his Texas tech days are long gone. Here we are dealing with a third string Michigan quarterback. Now, It looks like he's gaining confidence every week and putting us into a position to win. Um, Percentages keep getting better. He he got up to 68% completion against Kansas, and a few of those incompletions were smart throwaways. He dodged one disaster early on, if we call it that, because it could have been a a pick six, probably for like 95 yards. Um, But ultimately, great game. Avoiding sacks, being a great field general, in his uh, three full games that we've seen. And yeah, numbers are backing it up.
0: Yeah, I'm really proud of Ollie, not Ollie, but really proud of Alan Bowman. I think that whenever, you know, you're especially whenever you have a journey like the one that he had, and he's been a part of three different programs and he's trying to get back out there and be QB one, lead his team to some wins. And then you have to hear and, and see all the different criticisms that are out there. Whenever you start playing, whenever you're doing what Justin just said, just knocking the rust off because it was a very strange off season with a three headed quarterback battle. And now here he is. The momentum is going again, Yeah, winning, just means that you are not quitting, right? Like up to this point, Alan Bowman, you're already a winner because of everything that you've gone through, because of everything that you've actually been able to withstand. So now it's just a matter of, hey, I'm just going to continue. Right. All we're doing is stacking reps. All we're doing is stacking more games. And as you try your best in every single one of these games, the wins are going to come and they're going to come naturally. So really, really excited to see that he um, has taken full charge of being QB1. The team is behind him. And here we go. You know, we, we got some things to look forward to for the rest of this year.
2: Let's ride.
1: (laughs) My big concern for this week, guys, is Garrett Green, the QB for West Virginia. His stats aren't that impressive. 936 yards, six touchdowns, one interception. Okay, whatever. However, he is a threat with his legs. 232 rush yards, five touchdowns on the ground. He's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Uh, He also loves to throw the deep ball. So how, how would you approach slowing down this quarterback?
2: You know, I think you just really can build off of what we've been doing in the last couple of games, right? Because Kansas State, uh, Kansas, they both kind of have the dual threat quarterback that historically OSU hasn't been as good with dealing with. But over the last couple of games, I think if you were probably to take the average – of the season versus our games versus those teams. We're probably holding them to less than what they would normally make. Uh, I know that statistically maybe that lines up a little bit closer to their average, but I think when it's all said and done, we are at win and that's just going to continue to build confidence. So very much kind of a a bend, but don't break approach. And if you just happen to break this guy, that's all right too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no, for real. I mean, you 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 take a look at what Kendall Daniel said about hey, I just have to be more disciplined with my eyes. Specifically, you take the same approach that we've had about, you know, making sure that we're stopping the run over the past couple of games, even against Iowa State, when we held all these great rushing attacks to probably their season lows. Right. So you go and you, you go in with that, but also making sure that, hey, that discipline on the back end just has to be there. If that means offering a little more help with, you know, safety over the top, you know, so be it. But, um, yeah, I mean, going in with a lot of the same approach, hopefully there's a lot less bending, a lot less bending, <laughs> lot less bending um, and, and and we can come out of there with a decide, this decisive win.
1: Yeah, I'm also looking at, you know, um, we talked about it with K-State a couple weeks ago before we played them, whoever they played, how do you assess them? you know, the West Virginia Mountaineers are four and two. Their are two losses coming last week, as we said to Houston on that heartbreaking 49 yard Hail Mary and week one to Penn state and Penn state is right now the seventh ranked team in the country. They are yeah. not no one. Uh, so I I'm kind of, I don't really know how to assess this team. They've beaten Duquesne, Pitt, Texas tech, TCU in a close one, 24, 21. I'm just, you know, I think that this is going to be an interesting, and you know, CJ Donaldson Jr. with a running back, their leading running back right now. He has 414 yards and five touchdowns, but he scored a touchdown in the last four games. He scored a touchdown in all but one game this season. He's also six one and two thirty eight. So, uh,
0: it's a big boy.
1: It's pretty pretty thick for a running back. I mean, but again, I'm big. going to look up what Ollie is because I mean, Ollie's Ali's pretty pretty solid he's a solidly built human as well he's 6'1 211 so he's got about 25 pounds on ollie
0: yeah i mean look i'll say i'll say this penetration up front from the defensive line right so you see somebody that thick you got to penetrate And i think one of the things that you got to keep in mind too is if we're going to keep playing this three down front two down front um what what, what kind of spills are we seeing from the linebacker position as well right so keeping him contained keeping them in the backfield and make sure that you're getting there in a hurry. Um, I mean, that's, that's going to be a crucial part of this game right here. So you, you're starting to see a little more physicality, but then there are other times when, um, you know, it just seems like we're getting tired from being out on the field a little too long. So, you know, as long as we can get, you know, those drives to be a little shorter, I think that we'll be all right. And that's going to come down to the big plays, of course, you know, as I mentioned. And if you're not allowing any big plays and you can get three and outs, five and outs, six and outs, Please, like anything more than like a six, seven play drive, I think that's where a lot of our problems really come into play with our defense.
2: Yeah, I was looking at the schedule again, kind of, you know, reiterating what Meg was saying: four and two with losses at Penn State and at Houston. Houston being that last second hail mary, they beat Pitt, and Pitt just destroyed undefeated Louisville. I don't know what to make of that really, but they've, they've beaten a down Texas tech and a kind of a down TCU. Um, but in the five division one games they've played, they've had an average of 23 points per game. So I think that's an kind of an indicator of like, you know, very, very similar to what we've seen of Oklahoma state leading up to this point. Um, with them, Coming off a buy and then losing on the road, they might be on the on the decline. So I don't want to get ahead and do picks yet. But things are looking up um, with it being a, at West Virginia and Morgantown. That gives maybe a little bit of pause for concern, but yeah. it's a two thirty game. It's not a night game, so I think that awesome. might help a little bit. It might help.
1: Well, let's uh, let's talk uniform, shall we, guys? Let's, after please. After we signed off, literally like the next day, Justin texts me first morning, the day after we record. I was like, shoot, it's going to be orange, orange, white. It's Terry Miller day. <laughs> so he, he did. I will give Justin credit. He did think that after, but it doesn't count for the standings. You were wrong. Your official yep. pick on the show. So
2: it's sad. Oh,
0: put me well. down. Put me down in the standings for orange, orange, white, by the way. No,
1: Eve, um, Justin picked on your behalf. He said black, orange, white. So that's what we oh,
0: I, I would have not picked that at all. Which so.
1: doesn't matter because you could have submitted it and you didn't. So just
0: orange, orange, white. Yeah.
2: Right. Hey, I was close. I was close for you and Meg, you were close. You said orange, orange, black.
1: I did. I did. Right there. I said, I'm just gonna keep guessing the pistol Pete uh Logo until it happens again because it was the brand, but uh, you know, yeah. I I like
0: the gray helmet. I really enjoyed seeing that. The
1: the gray helmet.
0: No, I said it was a great helmet. Oh, it was a great helmet. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah.
1: uh, great helmet. Yeah, it was good. Uh, overall, guys, I liked the look. I didn't love the look. I think because that all black from two weeks ago was just impeccable and i don't know if i'm going to love anything as much as i loved that
2: no yeah it's hard to beat right fair. um i'm not really a fan of orange helmets in general but this one might be my favorite true orange helmet i say true orange because i still like that orange chrome peat helmet that yeah. we had but you yeah. can't wear that with this template right i mean yeah. each helmet is good for its own era yeah uh, how can you really compare the two so i don't know i thought it was you know, pretty cool to have the option, but if, uh, if I'm being honest, I'm probably going to go with a, a wider black helmet in, in most cases for the majority of our, our uniforms. But I thought it was kind of funny though. The, uh, I looked up the Oklahoma state brand guidelines and they have this particular logo as a, as secondary to be used, limited like not even a secondary preferred and obviously not a primary. So it's like based on the brand guidelines, it's like, Hey, use this one with caution. Don't overdo it. And here we are throwing it on a helmet and people are loving it. So that's the way it goes.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, if you are going to use it sparingly, then only use it for football. There you go. (laughs) You can use it multiple times, but it's only for one sport.
1: (laughs) Well, for this week, guys, I am going black white white and we have not seen the black numbers yet so i'm gonna think we're gonna get some black black numbers to match the black helmet and i'm going pete logo if i keep guessing eventually it's going to have to happen
2: it's true i call that the buffalo wild wings combo bww
1: i see what you did there it's fun
2: uh you might be onto something meg i was i was leaning toward A Very similar pick. I was gonna say black white black with Pete black numbers and everything, but it's too close to your combo And I think you you might even be right But I'm gonna go with white white black. So Mm -hmm. white with the black numbers for the Jersey Uh, I'm gonna go with a black brand this time I would love to see the black brand Reemerge on the white helmet because it's one of my favorite probably my favorite look If I'm being honest, we have worn white, white, black already this season. If you'll remember against Iowa state, but we wore it with orange numbers. Um, But that's not to say we can't wear it again because I'm looking back 10 years ago. And of course, OSU wore white, white, black two times that year. Uh, The first time against Iowa state, or I'm sorry, the first time against West Virginia, and then the second time against Iowa State. So I feel like it's going to be kind of a replay of what we saw in 2013. So that's why I'm going with white, white, black.
0: Okay. White, white, black. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I do see that the weather forecast is showing that it's supposed to rain on, on Saturday. So I don't know Raining
2: how... against West Virginia again. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how
0: heavy the rain is going to be, right? But I think when it rains, you kind of want to have some pop. If it's an away game, you want to have some type of color pop so that it's easier to see, you know, the folks in there. I don't think we're going to do the orange helmets because of the reasons that you just brought up, um, uh, Justin. You know, with I don't know, there's just not that many great logos, and we can't use that one logo too often. So I'm going white, white with the with a black uh, numbers, and um, black.
1: You want What's black it? numbers? You said stole
2: my. Stole I, my pick.
0: I think I think we're going to go yeah black numbers, but I think we're going to go with the black pistol Pete.
2: All right. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Bixby's pacing on my couch trying to get comfortable. I'm like, are you ripping uh, things over there, sir?
2: That's Bix wants to throw in a uniform combo himself. Yeah.
1: Uh, no. All right. So uniform uniforms are set. Bixby is comfortable just in time to get into game picks. <sighs> Who does he go with this week, guys?
2: I don't know.
0: He's been wrong. He was wrong. He last
1: has time. been wrong, guys. Bixby suffered his first loss of the season. He picked the Jayhawks over the Pokes. It was a mistake. We were right. He was wrong. Bixby's 5 and 1. Will he go 5 and 2 this week? Will he go 6 and 1 taking the West Virginia Mountaineers? I personally am going against Bixby yet again, going with Oklahoma State yet again. I think they are trending upwards, and on the theme of adding points each week, I think, guys, I don't think this is going to be close. I think the defense is going to figure it out, and I think we're going to win a forty-one to twenty and ruin homecoming in Morgantown. Wow,
0: I love it. I like it. I like ruining homecoming. Yeah, I think that we end up going uh, twenty-nine to thirty-nine. Oklahoma State wins the game, and ruins homecoming for the Mountaineers.
2: Man, y'all are going big. You realize we're like three and a half point dogs. It's fine. And all right, good. I love the confidence. I love it. (laughs) I I love it. And pick the over. No, like I mentioned before, in those five Division One games they played, they have an average of twenty-three points. I think our defense can hold them to that, maybe even less than that, or maybe just hovering right around that. But I'm going to keep them right there at twenty-three. So uh, OSU back to twenty-seven. Again, you know, they're on the road again, not oh. in the comfortability of their backyard and Boone Pickens Stadium. Let's just go back to you know what we've been doing for it's it's worked before. Twenty-seven points, it's worked before. So I'm going to say OSU twenty-seven, West Virginia twenty-three. We still get the win. Three, huh?
1: All right, well, guys, we will see. Afternoon, afternoon kickoff this week, and and. Homecoming starts Sunday, so if you want more Oklahoma State stuff, just head on over to Fountain Dying Sunday evening and get those festivities started. Get your pictures in front of the Orange Fountain. Mm.
2: It's a must. That's a bucket list thing. If you haven't done that, you got to do it.
0: I haven't done it. I haven't You've been never? to Homecoming since...
2: Eve, I have a picture with you with an Orange Fountain. <laughs> At the mountain.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What year was that? Was that 2016?
2: Sixteen. Yeah, because my hair was super long. That
0: was the last time that I was at homecoming was
2: 2016.
1: I was going to say, you went against West
2: Virginia.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: We wore black, orange, white with the old OSU brand. I
0: don't remember what we wore. I just know we won.
1: Justin, I don't don't know what I had for dinner last night, and you're pulling out uniforms from every game ever.
2: I'm like, I don't even – It's associated with core memories. You know, homecoming 2016, that's like a core memory for us, right? We're we're driving around Stillwater, we've got goosebumps playing, bumping in the in the car, you know, we're going crazy with it. Uh I got my hair flowing like Gundy's mullet back in the day. And of course, we get to see black, orange, white, Mason Rudolph running into the end zone, yelling at the top of his lungs with his helmet pulled down over his eyes. <laughs> Such a great look and a great game. And West Virginia with a great uniform combo of their own with blue, white, yellow. Yeah. And the main really reason. Main reason clashing. Yeah. I think
0: the main reason I was there was my little brother was on the football team uh, before he had to medically retire from football and it was cool hanging out with him. Right. And being there with him and seeing him do his thing as a redshirt freshman um, there at Oklahoma state. But yeah, had to medically retire. And I think. Yeah, so that that was definitely the last time that I was there for homecoming. And I think the next time I'm gonna go to a homecoming is whenever my daughter is like old enough to like, you know, appreciate homecoming. So yeah, this year homecoming is actually on the same day as my daughter's first birthday. So I will not be there. I gotta celebrate the first birthday.
1: Oh, little Zola. so exciting. Well,
0: wait, we- scratch that. <laughs> scratch that. I'm wait I'm one week off. Yeah, her birthday is this weekend. Okay. Oh, so-
1: this weekend. We'll still well, happy first birthday.
0: That's how she'll say thank you.
1: That's so exciting. That's
0: fun. It is. It's
1: so exciting. I could talk party plans all all night, but we won't we won't bore everyone with the party plans. Yes, homecoming the homecoming game is next weekend, but homecoming kicks off on Sunday. So that was what I was saying. But yes, well, uh, hope to see you guys at Fountain Dine. And by you guys, I mean the listeners, because I know Eve won't be here and I don't know if nope. Justin's coming. But yeah, if you are and you see me, say hi, say what's up. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Believe in OK State presented by Bet Online. Like, share, subscribe, follow, comment, rate review, all of the things. I'm Meg, joined by Justin and Eve, and of course, Go Pokes.
2: Go pokes. Go pokes. Go pokes.